0: You know, this is the time of day I really love. Will you look at that sunset out there?
1: That just breathtaking. I am no
0: chicken. I will not talk. I will not talk.
2: She ain't pretty, but I ain't too. The things we like are the things we do. This is Tomorrowland News Network's Corona Borealis with your local time and weather. As always, it's going to be a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. And at the tone, the time will be now. WDW
0: Radio, your information station.
3: Hello, my friends, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 186 for the week of September 5th, 2010. This week, join us as we visit the all-new Meatball Bar at Portobello's Restaurant in downtown Disney. Sit alongside us as we do a live review of the four varieties of meatball sandwiches available, sample the local organic beer, and talk with Portobello's executive chef, Stephen Richard, about the concept and flavors of this unique dining experience, which offers maybe one of the best values on property. And I am very excited about an important announcement I'll make about a new project that I've been working on for some time now. You'll definitely want to stay tuned for that entire segment. I'll then have a few announcements, and then play more of your voicemails at the end of the show... So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. So it's once again time for another live restaurant review from Walt Disney World because really attractions are all that you do in between eating and joining me once again up at the bar here at the Portobello Yacht Club at uh, Downtown Disney is once again Scott Otis from Otisburg. Hello everyone. You know him from the pretty good movie ride Glen Whalen.
4: Hey folks it's great to be here again.
3: I'm sure if you joined us on the 24-hour show, you will know the name and the face of Mr. Jonathan Grant joining us for the first time on the live restaurant review. Hey, everybody. It's good to be here. So I said we are here over at Portobello's trying out another new dining experience. Uh, Not much has changed on the inside, but what they now offer is a meatball bar up at the inside bar where they offer a selection of meatball sliders, local beers, as well as other imported premium and domestic beers because really nothing goes better than meatball sliders and beer or in our case iced tea and coke <laughs> so uh, we wanted to come in and try it out for ourselves thought it would be a good idea to uh, visit and uh, and do a live ref- restaurant review because again I like the fact that it's another one of these you don't need to sit down for a full blown meal kind of another quick service kind of option other than just the normal hamburgers and fries and chicken fingers absolutely absolutely
4: Yeah, so we're looking at the menu right now. And on the bar menu, there's uh, actually, it says at the top, meatball sliders. Each one is served on a mini hoagie roll with tomato basil sauce and grated Parmigiano. And there's only four options underneath it. Hey,
0: Jonathan, you want to read the four options, please? Yeah, we got the beef and veal with parsley, the spicy pork, the chicken with sage, or the salmon with tarragon, uh, the beef pork and chicken are $1.95 each or the salmon tarragon is two ninety five. and I understand there's a special deal you guys know anything about that
3: let's uh let's talk to our bartender slash waiter Jason and uh, Jason tell us about the uh the special because again and I like the fact too the slider is very inexpensive at $1.95 each but there's a three threefer you guys have a three threefer special
2: we do. You can actually mix and match any of the
3: uh, three sliders or do three of the same style for $5. Come on, you can throw the fourth one in. Come, you know, let's negotiate, Jason. There's four <laughs> of us here. We're going to eat like you've never seen before. I'm telling you. So I think we've, uh, we've had a chance to look at the menu, and uh, we all are in accord. I think we're all going to have the same three <laughs> options. We're all going to have the beef and veal be- uh, be- with parsley, the spicy pork, and the chicken with sage. Those seem to be the, the top contenders. But we've got to give the salmon its due. So we're going to have another three for deal with three salmons across the board. Um, and we're not trying any of the beers, at least for tonight. But now, if you've, if you've heard the show before, you know that Scott Otis has a, uh, an allergy to one of the items inside, which is cheese. And it's not a physical allergy. It's a mental allergy <laughs> to cheese. So Jason was kind enough. To bring out the executive chef from Portobello, uh, Stephen Richard, Chef, welcome. Uh, nice to
5: have you in the restaurant.
3: So again, you uh, you were brought out because of uh, Scott's um, mental affliction, yeah. mental aversion to cheese. <laughs> it is free, it's a bit freakish, honestly. I'm not um, lactose intolerant. I just don't personally tolerate it. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about? Um, the, the, it says that they're all served with grated Parmesan. Are you able to sort of make accommodations for things like that?
5: Uh, yes, we have four different, four different flavors. One is uh, spicy pork. One is uh, beef and veal with parsley. One is chicken. Chicken is my favorite. It's made from chicken thigh, and it's flavored with sage. And then the other one is uh, salmon. It's a mixture of fresh salmon and smoked salmon that we flavor with tarragon. They're all served uh, with uh, tomato basil sauce. And Jason will, at your request, either put some cheese on it or, in your case, leave the cheese off. I appreciate uh, it. There is a little bit of cheese inside the inside the meatballs as well, just so you know.
3: So don't go into, like, mental anaphylactic shock right here at the yeah. bar. But then...
5: I'm going
1: to try to tough my way through this, and I'll, I'll make it. I, I...
3: This could be like a breakthrough. This is like an Oprah moment for you right here. It's a big breakthrough moment if you actually ingest some cheese. But, but Chef, as long as you're here, uh, the Meatball Bar has been open for about a month. I've heard nothing but good reviews. Can you tell us maybe what was some of the thinking... Uh, in turning the regular bar into sort of the meatball option as well?
5: Well, we wanted to uh, kind of create an atmosphere that was comfortable and friendly to come in and have a drink. Uh, we've got some beautiful organic beers that are made uh, locally here by the uh, Orlando Orlando Brewing, and they're a really great example. Every one of them is a terrific example of what it is. And we thought it was a natural thing in an Italian restaurant to partner a nice cold uh, organic beer with a you know, little meatball sandwich uh, if you wanted to come and have a little snack and uh, have a cold beer with it, it would be a perfect thing
3: Alright, so even though nobody else is drinking, I will take one for the team is there one of the local beers that you recommend to go with, I'm going with all the meats, so is there one that you recommend? Uh,
5: we have the, uh, the Pelican the, Pel- uh, the old Pelican is, uh, um, is an example of a, a pale ale that's uh, beautifully hoppy, it's a terrific terrific beer, that's my favorite of the, of the ones that we have
3: I will certainly take your, your recommendation, Chef. And I would tell you, we, we were very, very excited to hear this because we've been to the restaurant before and we enjoy it, but we wanted to have exactly that type of experience where we could just sort of get together a bunch of guys, come up to the bar, hang out, chat in a very casual atmosphere.
5: Um, there, it, the, the meatball sandwiches are terrific. I uh, to, to confess, I eat one, at least one, every day. I usually go for the chicken. I also do the... Um, Uh, The spicy pork once in a while, but those are the those are the two that I go after, and I kind of nip those off the off the station as I pass by every once in a every once in a while. As far as the beers go, too, we have another one um, that we've incorporated into the food. We've got um, uh, the porter, which we're we're using to braise our asabuco uh, with, and it comes out comes out beautifully. If you like asabuco. It's um, it's a nice slow braise, uh, classic presentation of asabuco with polenta and gremolata. Uh, but again, we braise it in the in the porter, and it uh, really comes out really comes out beautifully. If you want to stay around for uh, for dinner, I would recommend that and have a porter on the side.
3: Yeah, now I'm starting to think that I should just have these as kind of like an appetizer before we actually go sit down and eat a full blown meal. See, that's what that's
5: what we're shooting for. Now you now you're starting to catch on. <laughs>
3: Excellent, Chef. I appreciate you coming over. Scott seems like he's at ease. Uh, if not, we've got, um, we've got some Benadryl for you in case you ingest too much cheese. We're really looking forward to it. Thank you we're very great. much for your time. Yeah, I hope
5: we can, uh, we can avoid the physical and mental anaphylaxis. <laughs> both, uh, uh, both we want to be, be real careful about. But it sounds like you don't have a real allergy, so uh, I think we're safe.
3: Great, appreciate Chef. It. Thanks again for enjoy, your time. Enjoy the meatballs and,
5: uh, and the cold beer. Great.
3: Totally we will. Thank
4: Thank
3: you. you. Thank you. <laughs>
5: All right. all right, Jason,
3: you are, you're teasing us by laying out in front of us, I can smell it from here, a big old clove of garlic and bread.
2: Yes, sir. It is a full bulb of roasted garlic, slow roasted in olive oil and water all day, so it's very soft, very mild. and actually pops out with the tip of your knife and spreads over the fresh bread, just like butter. We're also giving you some of our private label, first pressed olive oil imported from Tuscany to dip with.
3: And the drooling begins. Oh, Tisney, there's actually cheese in this, so you can't have any of the garlic yeah, either.
1: What are you talking about? There is no cheese in this.
3: I am very excited about this, the lovely olive oil. Rolls. I'm a garlic guy, and since I'm with nobody except three other guys, I have no fears about how much garlic I eat tonight.
4: Yeah, I have uh, no issues, no qualms about
0: eating this garlic. It looks good. I'm done talking. I'm going to dig in.
3: So, Jason, along with my um, my bread and oh-so-delicious, garlicky goodness, I wanted to try the Old Pelican. Um, it's kind of an English pale ale. Tell me a little bit about this. Again, it's a, it's a local organic beer.
2: That's right. Uh, you're drinking the Old Pelican European-style pale ale, and it's just, uh, just the style. It gives you a little bit of a hoppiness, and it's actually got a little bit darker color than most people would expect from the uh, Orlando Brewing Company. 100% organic. So it's... It's a, uh, it's a live beer. It's brewed cold, stored cold. If it gets warm, we throw it out because it's no good after that.
3: Yeah, I'll tell you, it's, um, it is darker than I expected, but it's still very, very smooth. And even with like, just the bread and it's going to go nice with the meatballs, you're right. It's, it's a really good pairing.
2: It does. Uh, we actually brought that in purposely to go with the meatballs because it is the perfect pairing. All three styles that we carry actually match up individually with all the different meatballs.
3: I, I've heard enough. I've heard enough. I'm going to plow through my... Uh, what do you guys think of the garlic? How are you doing over there? He was right.
0: It's creamy like butter. It's awesome. And the thing is, I don't know whether I want garlic or olive oil on there because the olive oil is so good, too. I got my mouth full of food right there. <laughs>
3: That's why this isn't a video podcast. I just I gave up on that idea
1: very, very quickly. I've gone both with the, uh, with the clove of garlic and the olive oil. This is a giant clove and... Yeah, spread a little bit garlic on there and then dip,
3: dip it in the olive oil. You let you let the bread soak in the olive oil. You put a little garlic on top. I, got, I need to put the recorder down and eat some more. i Don't put my mouth full. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Enough of the warm-up here. Let's get right to the playoffs and let's get right to the meatballs. The, the executive chef, again, came over and introduced our, uh, our pairings for us. And, again, he said, you can see which meatball is which based on which of the garnish so obviously the beef and veal has the parsley the spicy pork has some other little green vegetable and this sage don't laugh at me cheese boy what is the other okay well, okay mr grant what's the other herb
0: rosemary i think
3: parsley sage rosemary and thyme and salmon
4: has nothing the salmon is is alone a it's a ter- oh, there's a tarragon. There's a tarragon in front of the salmon.
3: All right, so do we want to go salmon first because I think we're gonna I think we have to build up from the salmon based on uh, okay. Jason's recommendation.
4: So yeah, so this means Scott cannot participate in the first part of our review here.
3: Right. Scott is excluded from the initial part of the review. All the big boys are gonna sit over here. You go ahead and play with your garlic. We'll get back to you in a minute, Scott. All right, so Jonathan, and, yeah, Jonathan and Glenn, just grab one and let's just do just pound right. it down at the same time. So what
4: we're looking at is a. Meatball served on what looks like a, a small dinner roll. So just for those of you who are trying to imagine what we're going through right now.
3: Jonathan, did you photograph this? Yes, I did. Okay. So we'll, we'll include this in the show notes so people can see exactly what we're talking about. Yes. They're
0: also served by incredibly good-looking bartenders, and if you haven't noticed.
1: Um, absolutely. I mean, there's nothing we can do about that. Uh, that's the only way they'll
3: hire us here. I <laughs> Uh, the mm. really mm. good. Oh. Mm. All
1: right,
3: mm. wait. layer by layer. First of all, the bread, mm-hmm. just right. A little crusty on the outside. Like a ciabatta? Yeah. It's like a ciabatta bread, maybe?
4: Yeah, they have ciabatta at Taco Bell, but it's not the same.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah ciabatta. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Scott's still eating garlic by the clove over there. What do you guys right. think of the salmon?
4: It's salmon. It's very... uh it's just surprising because it doesn't look like it should taste like salmon. It looks like it should taste like
0: beef.
3: I actually thought it looked like chicken. Yeah,
0: and it's a it's a mild salmon flavor. It's not it's not too overpowering. I, I like it a lot.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna mm, I'm gonna swallow first and then I'm gonna say it doesn't have. I mean, not that salmon does. It doesn't have a heavy fish flavor to it. It's surprisingly very very moist. And really works well with the red marinara sauce.
4: You can taste the mix between the fresh salmon and the smoked salmon. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of both, depending on where you, how you how the bite is.
1: From Over here, I can actually
4: smell the salmon.
1: It actually smells good. Scott's going into convulsions
3: next door. You want a bite of this? Here. Oh my gosh! Wait, he took me up on it. He did it. <laughs> I
1: just took a bite of the salmon, and it's actually quite good. I'm going to need another one, please. This
3: is a big breakthrough, Dave. First of all, first of all you grabbed He's it right out of my fondue in a minute. <laughs> he just gave me back <laughs> nothing more than a crusty piece of empty bread. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: mm. Jason, Thank i got to tell you, we, we all dug the salmon. We haven't even moved on to the rest of the meatballs yet. But that was surprisingly very, very good.
2: can only get better from there. Oh. Yeah, the,
3: the chef highly recommended... The chicken with sage, but I think I'm going to go, let's kind of all go in order here. I think the pork is the one with the tarragon, right? The chicken has a sage, the beef has the parsley, so let's do by process of elimination. Yeah,
4: pork has the little Christmas tree. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah.
4: You are are the next Food Network star. (laughs) So we're going to go with the Christmas tree,
3: and not with the prom frond. So, so why don't we have Jason, just so we're clear, which one is which, Jason?
2: Okay. I'll show you right here. You're going to have the uh, beef,
3: pork, and chicken. The chicken has a Christmas tree, Line, You got okay. that? Tree.
2: Chicken
3: has a Christmas tree. Beef, pork, and chicken. All right, so get them right. So let's go. The, the chef said the chicken is the best, so you want to go left to right? Oh, Jonathan Grant, you cheated. <laughs> <laughs>
4: He also ate somebody else's <laughs> off their plate too.
5: <laughs> I'm still reeling from. I'm
3: still reeling from the fact that Scott ate the rest of my salmon. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> all right, you offered. I did. I did offer. I didn't think you were going to take me up on it. So, all right, let's go left to right and start off with the beef. Yes, right.
4: beef that has the. Uh...
3: And Scott, just say no. This has cheese. I no, it doesn't. You just keep telling yourself that. Mmm. Oh.
1: This is amazing. Mmm. Mmm.
0: I really dig this, the sauce. Dip.
3: Yeah, the sauce is really good. It, 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 it's kind of sweet. I like it. I was going to say, first of all, the sauce on all these is phenomenal. Without a good base marinara sauce, everything else won't work. But, yeah, the combination of the beef and the veal, dare I say, just like mom, grandma used to make. Mm.
4: The other thing that's good about this is I'm wearing a white shirt, and the sauce is red. So I'll, later on I'll know what was my sauce and what was my shirt.
3: Well, the problem I'm having is that I have the microphone in one hand, I've got my slider in the other hand, and I can feel that there's sauce all over my face, which is why we're not doing the video show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Luke, can I finish your uh, No. <laughs> Jonathan Grant is done already. Dude, you are a machine. <laughs> you guys are talking. I'm eating. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, the sauce of peak this is really really nice. I guess they I don't I guess we've got to find out if these are pre rolled. Do they make them
3: I think I'll bet you everything is made made fresh because you can see and Jason is nodding yes as I say that. Um, the, the consistency of the meatball is just right. It doesn't fall apart, but it's still very, very soft. It's not too crusty or anything on the outside. But, you know, I love the, the, the salmon. I think I like the meatball better.
4: I agree, and I have a feeling we're going to even change that as we go on. Hey, Jason, has there been an obvious favorite amongst uh, people that have been showing up?
2: There actually has been. Uh, the spicy pork right now is our number one seller. It's not overly spicy, but it's got a nice
3: little kick right at the end. Jonathan, do not, stu- do not touch that spicy pork. I'm hating him.
4: All right.
0: <laughs> okay. are, we, are we ready? Are we,
3: are we ready to move on to the, to the spicy pork? Yes. Spicy pork is up next. And that had the, the leaf of which I could not identify, which is going to come off, okay. just it's to garnish. Meryl, I
4: think it's marrow. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Again, all the rolls of the, for these are exactly the same, served in the same kind of sauce.
1: What's amazing is that each of the meatballs actually look very similar to each other, and they are uh, distinguished by the little. So, uh, uh, is,
4: is there any, any idea, like any
1: feeling of of like cheese or something in that that you won't enjoy? Actually, no. I cannot
4: taste the cheese. Okay.
1: So as far as I'm concerned, there is no cheese in here.
4: Now I'm going to tell you That's them. what we've been telling you about almost everything you eat. There's what? there is cheese in everything you what? eat. So
3: I actually did taste a little bit of the cheese in the meatball, mm-hmm. but just because I'm used to that. Again, that's how my mother would make meatballs. Jonathan Grant is already on his fourth helping.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Have you tried the spicy pork yet? Not yet. Not yet. Edwain.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, here nutrition.
4: we
0: go. Oh, that's good oh yeah and I'm a sucker for things that have different textures so this this ciabatta bread that it's on the crispy and then the meatball is really it's really nice I like it like it alright let's see what happens it
1: definitely has a different texture I'm not sure how to describe this texture but it definitely is different you're, you're talking. You're having you're pork, right?
4: Yeah. It's a, little softer. it's a different texture. I think it's a, a, a more uh, unique flavor, even than the salmon. Mm-hmm. This tastes less like a meatball than it, even the salmon did to me.
3: Right, and I was almost expecting almost like a pulled pork slider, mm-hmm. and it's not like that at all. It actually is a pork meatball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sticking in front of the faces of all the pe- all the guys that are chewing. Mm.
1: I really like this. I don't think it's very spicy, though. Um, but
4: I, I very much like it's it. It's a mild spice. Mild, it's definitely mild spice.
1: Yeah, I was
3: expecting a little bit more of a zip to it, which I wouldn't have minded, actually. I wouldn't have minded a little bit more of a kick, only because I was expecting it because it's billed as spicy pork. So.
4: Spicy, huh?
3: <laughs> so I think I actually rank so far, I think I rank the meatball... Then the salmon and then the pork.
4: Mm. I'm gonna say I'm gonna bring the, put the, the pork up top right now. Why and the thing that I like about it is they didn't give in and and like slather it in like pork barbecue sauce, like we're get it at Taco Taco or anything like that. This is still outside of that meatball, it's still the same sauce and it's still the same bread. This isn't a chalupa.
3: Why do you keep talking about Taco Bell? Are you, being in, are you having an endorsement deal with them? You have to say it three times in one show? Four times. Four times. <laughs> and I will tell you, washing it down with my little Pelican Ale, it really does complement the flavors well, and the beer tastes different once you actually start to eat alongside it with the sauce and the spices and the cheeses and the meat. A few more
4: beers, and I'm going to start looking really handsome, too. So be careful.
3: <laughs> all right. So are we all done? Uh, and again, Jonathan Grant has cheated again. You are not going to be invited. All right. So there are rules here. The rules are, the first rule about the live dining review is you don't talk about the live dining reviews. So, again, the executive chef, Jason, everybody was saying that the chicken... Again, which looks exactly like the other two meatballs, was her favorite. Gentlemen, bon appetit. Bon appetit. Let's um,
4: pick up the one that's on the Christmas tree. Jonathan, you'll know it's yours because it's already been eaten.
1: Just one bite of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, By far the best, in my opinion.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think that's rosemary. I think that's rosemary that's in there. It's really good, and they're a good-sized meatball too. It's before you take a bite out of them, like my head. They're bigger than a golf ball, probably a little bit smaller than a racquetball. So it's a good size. Uh, I like you get the three of them. Size to, to like a Taco Bell uh,
2: <laughs>
3: gordita. <laughs> yeah, value wise, I think that's worth more than a dollar ninety-five. I mean, I was expecting something honestly a lot smaller compared to the mm-hmm. size of oh. a White
1: Castle burger.
3: You know, what? You, you honestly can't even speak White Castle and these sliders in the same sentence. It's it's nothing like that, but but certain, first of all. Right, and one of them actually doesn't contain meat. So, um, but you totally taste uh, the the herbs and the tarragon in this. That's yeah. the first thing that jumps out at you. Yeah, this
4: uh, it's not this doesn't have a chicken flavor the way the pork one definitely tastes like pork to me. This I taste the the subtleties of the the spices, etc. Once again, that sauce.
3: Yeah, I think the sauce is what does it. But again. The texture, like you said, Jonathan, the texture of the chicken, almost not what I was expecting. I was expecting each of the meatballs to have a different texture to them. But this truly is a chicken meatball. And it's actually, it must be healthy because it's made out of chicken.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that one definitely was my favorite. That one has the best
3: taste to it. Is that, so is everybody agree? Does that sort of rank? Jason, we have a general consensus. The chicken one, definitely top on the list.
2: The chicken one is another very popular one, the, uh, the top of the three there. And actually, the chicken one very nicely pairs up with the uh, European pills that we also carry from the New England
3: Jason, I'm a one-beer kind of guy, man. I, but then again, if I have another chicken, I might have another beer, too. But yeah, I even said the beer paired with the meatball really works well because it changes the flavor of both the drink as well as the food. Very much so, uh...
2: It's becoming a bigger trend to match beers with food, kind of like everybody was doing with wine for years and years. And especially with the expansion of beers and microbrews and the way that everything's being brewed lately, you can actually pair almost any kind of beer with any kind of food. It just takes a little bit of time and dedication.
3: Yeah, that chicken was phenomenal. All right, so let's let's rank them. Um, we all agree chicken is first. General consensus, chicken first. I'm going to hold the pork up for well, number one. For Scott, I'm Scott why don't you rank them? I'm going to say,
1: chicken, by far, number one. I'm actually going to put the beef one uh, as number two with the pork one just a little bit below that. And I only had just that one tiny bite
0: of the salmon, so I'm going to need to order up another one of those. Are you really? No.
3: Oh, I was going to say.
0: (laughs) I like the chicken best. Uh, Salmon, actually, was really good, in my opinion. I I think that was up there with the chicken. And... uh, the, the beef and the beef and veal and the pork uh, they were both very good um, but definitely the chicken one is the way the way to go if you're just ordering one.
4: yeah I think uh, I enjoyed all of them a lot but I would I guess I'm gonna take the pork put the pork up top I put chicken number two I'll put the salmon number three and the beef at the bottom only because that was the one that tasted most like a regular meatball that we've had before.
3: Yeah I think I would put the chicken on the top. I would probably put the beef and veal meatball second. Um, you know, I really like that. I almost forgot. You know, salmon's like an old girlfriend. It was so long ago since I ate the salmon, but I really remember enjoying it, um, at least the part that Scott didn't steal. Don't eat chicken! Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I might go chicken, beef and veal, salmon, and then pork. So, and the only thing that we've found out is that we agree to disagree. But it almost was not, oh, we didn't like this one. It was, we enjoyed all of them, but one of them had to finish last.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. And so if I were to come back, I actually might get two chickens and then maybe mix it up between a, a beef
4: and a pork. And the, the, the pressure to actually rank them in the right order is pretty extreme. So,
3: Well, and, you, you know, you, you guys make a great point because the thing is, because they're all so good you can come back over and over again you're not going to be disappointed and look we have three sliders with the bread and in my case a beer if you do the three for deal five dollars for the three sliders six dollars for a beer for eleven dollars you're getting the bread and garlic a a drink and three sliders i mean that was a full meal for us and we're okay
4: yeah those three sliders were enough that you really don't have... It's not necessarily an appetizer, but of course you can, and the place is designed for you to now go and sit elsewhere in the portobello and have your dinner, but I don't need that right now. I'm pretty full. I mean, I'm full enough to get me over to Right.
3: You know, so like Jonathan, would you... If you were hungry, would you come here and say, okay, here's my $11. Like, you can have this for, you know, a lunch or a dinner... And besides, not even have to go for a full-blown sit-down meal.
0: Absolutely. Uh, it would be a great lunch. Uh, we had four sliders, and I'm, I'm good for dinner. Uh, maybe could do some dessert. Maybe a <laughs> dough bar over at Cooks of Dublin. But, uh, uh, yeah, that's a great meal and a great price. But how come you said to Jonathan, if you were hungry?
4: <laughs> Isn't that like, aren't we, like, always... Hungry?
3: <laughs> I'm talking about normal listeners oh, okay. that actually oh, okay. eat oh, okay. three meals a day and, and tour the parks. But yeah, I mean, I think this is a great you know, a great way. And look, it's a, it's a, the restaurant is beautiful. It's nice sitting up here at the bar. Uh, it's not so loud that you're not able to talk to each other. It's not overpowering. And again, if you want to just come up here, have a little appetizer while you're waiting for your table. I think this is a really, really good option.
4: Yeah, if, if you have been in the Portobello... In the past, and you, but I, I can think of maybe a year ago now they did a refurb inside of here. So we haven't been inside since then. It's got a very different atmosphere. They got rid of the the spring coloring all over the place. It's more of a, a darker, more intimate place with uh, brown walls. It's a a place you should visit again.
3: Tuscan style. I'm still chewing, so keep talking.
4: Tuscan style, just like Taco Bell.
3: Tuscan Bell? Tuscan Bell. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Final thoughts. Jonathan. It
0: was great. I will be back. Uh, I, what I'll probably do, even though I said I was full off of four, I could I could get six of them for dinner and be a happy boy because I'm a big eater. But uh, I, I loved them. They were very good.
3: And, again, even if you get six, and that's a lot of food, that's only ten bucks.
4: Yeah, but by the time Jonathan gets his six, he'll have eaten two already, so there'll only be four on the plate.
3: <laughs> and don't forget the bread and the garlic.
4: I won't forget the bread and the garlic. Final thought. Uh, this was delicious. It was a pleasure sharing it with you all.
1: Yeah, and I actually think this would be a good a good place to eat just before you were to go to see a movie at the AMC Theater, which I you know, I often do. And I, you know, have a half an hour to kill before, uh, before movie time. So this would be a great way to get a, a very delicious snack and, uh, and then go see the movie. So, And
3: uh, appropriately enough, Chef Richard happens to come by. Chef, we have got to applaud you. We are all in agreement on one thing. We love all four of them. We write them differently, but we do agree with your recommendation on your, the chicken. All your,
5: all your plates are empty, I see, so that's a, that's a good sign.
3: Yeah, and, and when I've been talking, they're reaching into my plate to get whatever's left over. Well, good. Which one, which one did you prefer? We all agreed that the chicken was, for the most part, was on the top of the list. And then we all ranked the, the following ones differently. I like the beef and veal meatball. Uh, I was very pleasantly surprised, as I think we all were, with the salmon. The texture of the salmon, the flavor of the salmon worked so well. And I think because the sauce for all of them, the base sauce, is just so good and so sweet.
5: We've got a simple, uh, a simple tomato basil sauce that we use for, for the meatballs and for a number of other things on the, on the menu, some of the pastas. And it's a very simple, classic recipe, but it works very well in this context and in the others. And, and like you said, they're texturally. The, the problem that I usually have with meatballs that you get in a restaurant, it's not flavor so much as it is texture. They need to be tender and light, and, and that has to do with you know, not only the ingredients but how you go, how you go about making them and we're kind of uh, particular about the, the procedure that goes into it, so they come out the same every time. Uh, but but I think that you know the texture is nice, and like you said, the flavor is different for each one, um, and you know it's, it's a nice array if you try one of each.
3: Absolutely, and it works just so well on the roll. We, we absolutely agree that we think it's an incredible value at $1.95 each and the three for $5. I mean, you can come in, get three uh, samples, and a beer, and your appetizer, or your snack, or even your dinner—if you wanted to just eat light—is only eleven dollars.
5: Right. It, it is a great value, and like you say, you're not—you know—you're not committed to spending an inordinate amount of money to come in and sit down and relax, and you know, and have a, a drink and something nice to eat. And then, like we were saying earlier, if you want to go on and uh, have an entree, you can do that either here at the bar or move to a table and um, right. and go the and go the whole way and try that asabuco.
3: Yeah. You you
5: had me at asabuco, so I will definitely be back for it. Uh, this
3: was was excellent. Again, I think we are, are all so very pleasantly surprised at what the Meatball Bar offers here in Downtown Disney. Another great dining option. Again, whether it's a
5: snack, an appetizer, or even your full bowl meal. So, Chef Richard, thank you and congratulations uh, once again. Nice to nice to have you in the house. I hope we see you again. Hope we see you again soon.
3: I promise you that you will. <laughs> Thanks, thank you. So much. Nice to have you. And uh, Glenn from prettygoodmovieride.com, Scott Otis from. Otisburg Otisburg It's a small little place And Jonathan Grant Who is a, uh, a frequent contributor To the WW Radio vlog You can check out His amazing pictures Of not just the food But um, he contributes A photo of the week To the blog over at WW Radio So thank you for that And um, dare I say We might even be able To order up a couple more no, I'm all for it
4: <laughs>
3: Again uh, To try out Portobello it's right in downtown Disney over at the Portobello Yacht Club, right by Fulton's Crab House, uh, located behind the T-Rex restaurant. Uh, this is Lou Mangiello and friends from Portobello signing off for now. And, of course, big thanks out to Jason, too. Thanks, buddy.
2: Thank you guys very much for hanging out with me tonight.
3: Good time. You like cheese now, don't you? I love cheese.
4: Now that was he, is he now a cheese fiend or what have like I? <laughs> In two thousand seven.
3: I launched a brand new project that I had been thinking of and working on for many years. Because in addition to the show, I wanted to offer a much more detailed, structured, and focused look at the parks and virtually tour you individually through each land, attraction, shop, and restaurant. And after a long and in-depth period of research, writing, editing... Rewriting, re-editing, recording, and producing, I released Main Street USA in early 2008 as the first of my audio guide to Walt Disney World series. I followed that up with Adventureland later that year and Fantasyland in 2009. In each of the guides, I want to feel as though we're touring the parks together, but also allow you to... Listen anytime, whether you're at home, at work, in the car, and still get that sense of being there as we explore the parks in depth and also help you plan maybe your next vacation to Walt Disney World. And I thought it'd be great to punctuate each guide with the three-dimensional ambient sounds of each land appropriate to what and where we might be standing and what we might be looking at. I also wanted you to be able to take the guides with you to the parks in order to enhance your experience while you're there. You can put them on your MP3 player and see what I'm pointing out and enjoy firsthand the overlooked experiences and find many of the overlooked details and hidden treasures that I'll point out along the way. For those listeners that may be visually impaired, I wanted to be able to let them experience Walt Disney World virtually, whether they were at home or they can take the tour along with them when they visit the parks, as I describe all the surroundings in detail. I also wanted the guides to appeal to everyone, from the first-time visitor to the family making a return trip to their favorite vacation spot, to the hardcore Disney fan who has been there, seen it all, and enjoys the stories, history, and detail of the parks. I am incredibly grateful for the wonderful response I've got to the first three audio guides, Main Street, Adventureland, and Fantasyland, and I really appreciate your patience as I researched and wrote the next in the series. And if you listen to Fantasyland, you know that the next stop on our journey is Liberty Square. Unique to Walt Disney World, it represents the fulfillment of one of Walt Disney's personal dreams to let guests ...interactively experience the significance of American history and folklore. It's a land that's less about fantasy and more about reality... ...and it's replete with details and significance in design and in architecture. And once again, we explore the history, both real and imagined... ...the trivia, the hidden treasures, and overlooked details of Liberty Square... So I'm incredibly excited and happy and proud to announce that I finally have a release date for this next in my audio guide series. And it's going to be right now. Not the announcement, but the release of the guide itself. Because starting Monday, September 6th, Liberty Square will be available for purchase on the WDW Radio shop at www.radio.com. The instantly downloadable file will be available at that time and you can also pre-order the CD version as well. The CD is going to be released in a few weeks but the download is identical in every way including all cover art and liner notes. Now the CD holds no more than 1 hour and 20 minutes of audio and I can tell you that the Liberty Square Audio Guide comes in literally at 1 hour, 19 minutes, and 59 seconds, so I packed as much as possible onto this audio guide. Again, we take a very detailed look at the history of Liberty Square, tracing its roots back not only to Disneyland, but to Walt himself, and we'll tour not just the attractions, but the colonial town that makes up Liberty Square, the shops, the restaurants, the stories, and the American history and the people that helped found this nation. And this guide is unique in that it hopefully will not only teach you about the land's very rich layers of storytelling, but educate you about the importance of the real American history that's being shared on the three-dimensional stage that is Liberty Square. I have to tell you that it was one of the most enjoyable and truly educational research projects for me. And it's given me an amazing new appreciation and fascination with this land and quickly made it one of my favorites in Walt Disney World. So to learn more or to order your instantly downloadable copy or to pre-order it on CD, you can visit wdwradio.com and click on the store link. I hope you enjoy the all-new Audio Guide to Liberty Square. But wait, there's more. In fact, there's just one more thing. And yes, I'm totally borrowing that from Steve Jobs. But like him, I do have something else to share with you. You see, part of the delay in getting Liberty Square ready for release wasn't just because I wanted to put out the best possible product that I could, but because while researching and writing it, something else happened. And it wasn't my doing. It was Disney's. See, a few months ago, Disney announced something that profoundly changed what I was doing with the audio guides. Sure, when they announced the radical changes and growth coming to Fantasyland, that immediately made the audio guide outdated. Not obsolete, but I look at the guide now as a snapshot in time which chronicles the history of that land. And don't worry... When the new Fantasyland is finally finished, I will update the Fantasyland audio guide. But it also did something else, and it started the clock ticking. Not just for Fantasyland, but for Mickey's Toontown Fair. And that gave me an idea. I I had to be sure and record all that I could in and about this land before it was gone forever as certainly a Mickey's Toontown Fair audio guide would have to be created, although the plan was to have have it follow sort of a projected path probably after the Tomorrowland audio guide, as Mickey's Toontown Fair was the last, and only, land to be added to the Magic Kingdom, so it only made sense to have Mickey's Toontown Fair be last in the rotation. But I couldn't release the guide after Toontown Fair had closed. Why? Because these, these guides aren't meant to be historical reference guides, but instead, something to help you enjoy and appreciate the lands even more now when you visit or in between trips. So that's why, in addition to the release of Liberty Square, I'm also releasing Mickey's Toontown Fair out of sequence, as it were, and right now as well. So on Monday, September 6th, you'll not only be able to order Liberty Square, but Mickey's Toontown Fair as an instant download or pre-order on CD. And in this guided walking tour, once again, we're going to look at the history of Mickey's Toontown Fair, from the temporary land created as a birthday present for Mickey Mouse, to its changes through the years, and the incredible details trivia, treasures, and tributes to the golden age of early Disney animation. We'll tour the vacation homes of Mickey and his pals and explore the rich layers of details and stories that make this land more than simply a play area for children. And now my hope is that many of you may still have the opportunity to visit Mickey's Toontown Fair before it's replaced by the extension of Fantasyland, And for others, I hope that the guide will let you relive some of your previous visits to the area, maybe spark some memories that you may have. But either way, I hope that you're going to enjoy having this historical documentation of what used to be recorded in Mickey's Toontown Fair while it was still in full operation. So that's it. Um, I've been a very, very busy person lately, and if you follow my updates on Twitter and Facebook you know that I have not been sleeping very much, and now you know why. Not that I'm going to get much sleep now that these are done, because you know I'm always working on something new, but these have been a a true labor of love, and I am so very grateful for the opportunity to be able to share them with you. And I sincerely hope that you have as much fun listening to these and all the audio guides as I did creating them. And again... For more information or to order the guides, you can visit the WDW Radio store at wdwradio.com. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks again for taking the time and tuning in. Big thanks to my eating buddies, Glenn, Scott, and John, for joining me, as well as everybody over at Portobello's. Definitely go by. Check out the Meatball Bar. In addition to the show, don't forget to please come by the site over at wdwradio.com for discussion forums, photo galleries, daily blog posts, new videos, and lots more. There you can also find a link to the shop where you can order the audio guides to Walt Disney World. Yes, I'm very excited about those coming out as well as my Walt Disney World trivia books. You can download the free WDW Radio iPhone app and connect with me in the show through Twitter, Facebook, lots of different ways as well. While you're there, be sure to go back, check out older episodes of the show for more detailed looks and reviews and interviews and so, so much more. Everything is available in the archives. Just click on the podcast link at the top of the page or go, you can check them out on iTunes as well. Quick reminder about some upcoming Disney events and some things that I'll be doing. Don't forget about the meets of the month again. Thanks to everybody who came by a couple of weeks ago in August. I'm still trying to plan out September's, so stay tuned to Twitter and Facebook for information as soon as I have those dates and times locked in, as well as DisneyMeets.com. Uh, there you'll find information about the meets of the month and all the other meets and events that are coming up, including. Destination D is going to be September 24th and 25th out in Disneyland. I am going to be out there attending those events. We are also going to have some meetups while we're out there. As soon as I get a schedule from D23, I'll announce some meetups there. We're also doing a private World of Color dessert party in a private viewing area on Thursday night, the night before the Destination D events get started. That's Thursday, September 23rd, starting at 715 we have a reserved viewing area for World of Color. We also have an upstairs terrace dessert party over at the Golden Vine Winery. We are down to the last couple of tickets. So if you're interested in coming, check out the link in this week's show notes or go over to DisneyMeats.com. They are just $29 per person. Definitely going to be worth it. You know we always have surprises in store as well. Going into October, don't forget our annual walkabout during Epcot's International Food and Wine Festival It's going to be Friday, October 1st. We are going to wander the promenade together as a group starting about 2.30. We're going to record it for the show, probably a video as well. Anyone and everyone is welcome to join us. If you go to DisneyMeets.com, you'll see the Facebook event page there if you could. Please RSVP. Let us know that you're coming. Also, during Epcot's Food and Wine Festival, because you know, it's always about the food, the Swan and Dolphin is holding a special event. They're holding their first annual Swan and Dolphin Food and Wine Classic. That's the following weekend, October 8th and the 9th. It is during Food and Wine Festival. It starts around 4.30, goes to about 9.30. There's beverage seminars, tasting uh, stations along the, the causeway in between the Swan and the Dolphin. You can learn more about wine blending and the science behind bartending mixology and sake, beer, champagne, and more. But again, it's about the food, so in addition to the music and the tastings, you'll be able to sample some of the the, uh, cuisine from the award-winning restaurants like Blue Zoo and Shula's. One of my favorites is Il Molino's and Kimono's. You can get tickets the day of the event for the event, or you can also purchase them ...for a la carte samplings, kind of like you do over at Food & Wine. Again, there's live entertainment there. Follow the link in this week's show notes or over at DisneyMeets.com for more information. That same weekend, also, tickets are still available for Congaloosh. If you want to come, see a dinner and show by the Adventures Club cast... ...as the original characters on stage at the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular. Jim Corcus is going to be there giving a couple of tours... I'll be giving a tour. There's a banquet, a Q&A with the cast, a show and sale, lots, lots more. Again, that information, too, at DisneyMeets.com. And again, we're getting closer. We're beyond the 180-day mark for the cruise aboard the Disney Dream starting February 27th, 2011. So, so very excited about that. All the inside cabins are sold out, but there are still other cabins available. For more information, to get a free quote, visit www.radiocruise.com. Don't forget, I still want you to be a part of the show as much as you'd like to be, so if you want to email me with a question, you can email me at lou at If you want to play Fact or Fiction for a chance for me to call you, ask you trivia questions about Walt Disney World for a chance for you to win some prizes, email me at Fact or Fiction at www.radio.com with your name and your phone number, You never know when I may randomly select a name and call you for a chance to play. But look, if you just want to be heard on the air and leave a voicemail, you can call the toll-free voicemail line anytime at 888-703-2171. I love hearing comments about the show. I even love more hearing when you guys call in from the parks while you're at Walt Disney World or Disneyland. Or hey, if you're in Tokyo, call from there as well if you got the minutes. While you're on the site, too, don't forget to sign up for our free newsletter. Follow me on Twitter and Facebook and head on over to CelebrationsPress.com. I've just finished proofing the next issue of the magazine. We've just passed the two-year mark. Can't believe that uh, we've gone through 12 issues already of Celebrations magazine. But to learn more, order back issues or to subscribe, again, visit CelebrationsPress.com. Don't forget, if you want to join us out in Disneyland for Destination D, or if you're planning your next trip to Walt Disney World, Mouse Fan Travel is my official and recommended travel provider. That is it for this week's show. Thanks again for taking the time and tuning in. I hope you enjoyed our segment. I hope you are as excited about Liberty Square and Toontown as I am. And as always, my friends, if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening if you're on Twitter. Share the link to it on Facebook. Please come by if you'd like, review the show or the iPhone application over in iTunes. And my friends, remember to pursue your passion and follow your dreams. And when you start heading down that path, always, always keep moving forward. Thanks again for listening. Have a great, great week, everybody. See ya. Hey, Lou. It's Michael from New Jersey.
2: We met at the... Um Meet of the month uh, over at um, Sunshine Seasons a couple days ago. And today I'm in Hollywood Studios over at the Reuters stop and I'm about to eat a carrot cake cookie. So here it goes. Whoa. Well, <laughs> this might take a while. This is a huge cookie. Ugh not really a cookie it's like a two pieces of cake between cream and delicious but I just want to say call and say hi right now I'm having a great time with my family and everybody so thanks a lot and yeah <laughs>